You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I think just, you know, in general terms, working together and we're all the solution. It's not just one player, or, you know, one thing. I think all of us have a role to play in that. And, you know, I think our guys understand that, embrace the mentality that we need to have. And just we've talked a lot about it. You know, it's time for us to go out and, and do it better. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back with you for the next three hours. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. And, of course, the show each and every day is brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas, the fine folks, uh, Mordecai and company will take good care of you. Make sure you are uh, got your jewelry on. If you need to get your jewelry on, you need to get your shine on, you'll be all good to go. Joe, go check out the Jewelers of Las Vegas. And the funny thing, is I think I'm going to have an opportunity this weekend to get my shine on, get my jewelry on. Uh, Sylvia from our sister station, uh, she's getting married, and uh, I'm going to be in attendance of it. Me and the wife are going to go to the wedding, and I think I'll, I'll pull out the fine jewelry. And so uh, if you're going to some kind of event over the weekend, or maybe you're going to an event, I don't know, tonight, and you need to accessorize, then uh, the Jewels of Las Vegas is the place for you. Matter of fact, tell my guy Mordecai, say, hey, Q sent me. So uh, he'll, hook, he'll give you the Q hookup. And everyone wants to have the Q hookup, right? But uh, we're here with you for the next three hours. Definitely appreciate you tuning in uh, for as many minutes or as long as you do, right? If you give us three minutes or you give us three hours, we definitely appreciate that. But got some good guests coming up on the show today. Excited about the show that we have lined up for you. Coming up in a few minutes, like less than ten minutes, we'll have Vinny Bonsignor from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Of course, the morning tailgate also on Raider Nation Radio 920. Normally we have them around 2.30, but the Raiders have pushed back their locker room availability for today. So he's going to join us before he heads into the locker room uh, at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. We talked to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today, and that got pushed back a little bit as well. So as they navigate and they kind of move around as far as uh, locker room access and coach access, we have to do the same thing. So Vinny Bonsignor will join us in a few minutes. Uh, as soon as we dip into the opening drive, he'll join us, and we'll talk all things silver and black as they prepare for the Detroit Lions Week 8 action. So we'll talk about the team. We'll talk about what he's looking for for them to do on Monday night in Detroit. Uh, we'll talk about the trade deadline a little briefly. I mean, we'll dip into everything with Vinny coming up, like I said, about 2.10 here on Red Nation Radio 920. Each and every uh, Tuesday and Thursday, we talk to Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, he's a color commentator, obviously a longtime uh, offensive lineman for the Raiders, outstanding offensive lineman for the Silver and Black. He'll join us at 3.30. We talk to him each and every Tuesday and Thursday at 3.30. We recap the game that just passed on Tuesdays, and we look forward to the game that's coming up on Thursday. So that's what we'll do today. We'll focus solely on the Detroit Lions and how, as a player in the locker room, you need to uh, go ahead and put that last one behind you and just focus in on the task at hand, which, again, is the Detroit Lions Week 8 uh, Monday night football action at 4 o'clock. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show, talk all things aces, kind of recap their season, recap the parade. Fox 5 was all over the parade. Uh, what I was able to watch of the parade, I was watching on Fox 5, and they had that thing covered like a glove from in studio to in the streets to at the actual Toshiba Plaza. They were all over it. They did a really good job, so we'll talk to her about the aces. We'll also talk to her about UNLV. They're on the road this week. They're in Fresno State. They're in the 559. Uh, they'll be taking on the Bulldogs, and both teams are 6 and 1. So it's a big time game for UNLV. So we'll talk to Paloma about the Aces, and we'll talk to her about UNLV coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4 30, my good friend Jason Minix from San Antonio Sports Star ESPN in San Antonio will join us to talk about Wimby. 
We're on Wemby Watch, right? Everybody is on Wemby Watch. The Spurs and the Mavericks, uh, they tipped off their season last night with the Mavericks getting the victory. But, of course, everybody was paying attention to what Victor Wembenyama was doing from the time that he was here at the Thomas and Mack Center at Summer League, actually even going before that when he was at the DLC, the Dollar Loan Center, playing against Scoot Henderson in the little G League uh, you know, battle that they had. Everybody's been talking about Wemby and what he could do, what he could bring to the table, and how he's grown from – G League action to summer league action to preseason action to get his very first game under his belt as a professional with the San Antonio Spurs. And funny little nugget that uh, that I have, and we'll talk to Jason about it coming up at 4.30 as we close out the show today. But Tim Duncan and Victor Wimbanyama, they both had the same exact numbers as they debuted for the San Antonio Spurs. So Tim Duncan, the Hall of Famer, the great Tim Duncan, had the same exact stat line that Victor Wimbanyama had last night like I can't make that kind of stuff up right I mean you just can't right 15 points two assists six of nine shooting they literally had the same stat line and Tim Duncan did it many 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 moons ago and Victor did it last night and I'll tell you right now as I was on my national show my ESPN show game night last night that's all it was about that that game pretty much tipped off right when the show started and all we did, though, throughout the whole course of the night was give you Wimby updates. What's going on with Wimby? Oh, he's in foul trouble. He's not in the game. Oh, now he's back. This dude scored six points through three quarters because he was in foul trouble. And then in the fourth quarter, he had nine points. <laughs> right? I mean, all of a sudden, late in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden you see what he's able to do. And the dude is pretty phenomenal. So I think he's going to be a hell of a player. Obviously, he's got a lot of room to grow. But I think – all of the NBA world is really on Wemby watch, and it was fun to see what the young man could do. Now the Mavericks got the victory. Uh, Luka Doncic, all he did is mess around and have a triple-double, which was fantastic, a 30-point triple-double, and that guy's not even in shape. He drives me crazy. That dude shows up at the beginning of the season. He's never in shape, never. His whole career, he's never been in shape when the season starts, but he still goes out there and balls out. And my guy Emmett Golden that I was doing the show with last night said, he ain't got to be in shape. He just dropped 30, 14, and 10. He ain't got to be in shape. And, well, he's not wrong, but damn. <laughs> Could you imagine if the dude actually was in shape? So Jason Minix will join us at 4.30 from San Antonio Sports Star ESPN. I've known him for a very, very long time. He's going to join us at 4.30 to talk all things San Antonio Spurs and, more importantly, Victor Wimbenyama. So that's the guest lineup that we have. We'll also do our Week 8 NFL picks. We got that coming up at 3 o'clock. Maybe Ari will do better than he did last week. I won't even say how bad he Yikes. did last week, but you did bad, dude. You were, you were not good. I don't even want to put your record out there. Like, I wasn't stellar. I wasn't great, but I wasn't you. <laughs> I will stand by it, and I'll, I'll you know, we'll you ain't got it. no choice. We'll you were bad. Later. No, I'm saying I'll, <laughs> I'll admit it later. You'll hear that awful number in a little bit coming up at 3 p.m. Yeah, there's no doubt you oh, were yeah. bad. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't great. This might be my get right week with you. Yeah, though. maybe, so maybe, maybe this will be your slump buster because right now you're in a slump with that that uh, you performance. Up? <laughs> you, yeah, you were, you were a bad, bad deal yeah, uh, this past week. But that's all right. We, I mean, there's always one week. I find it every year. There's always one week that. You just everything that you think is going to happen doesn't happen, and then you look up and say, "How the hell did that happen?" So don't feel bad; it happens to all of us at least one week. Usually, it's all the same time, though, right? Usually, it's like, "Okay, you have a terrible week; I'll have the terrible week at the same time." But this time, you just had a terrible week on your own, so that means that mine's probably coming around the corner. So we'll do that at three o'clock. Plus, we'll hear from head coach Josh Daniels as he talked with us earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So we got a lot coming up. Vinny Bonsignor in a matter of minutes. Lincoln Kennedy at three thirty. Paloma Villacana at four, and. Jason Minix at 4.30. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. 
is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. All right, so as we jump into the opening drive, and as I mentioned, Vinny Bonsignor will join us in a matter of minutes. I did want to throw a question out there to you because that's what I like to do. I like to bring a topic to the table. You can always hit us up at 69187, keyword r When we don't have a guest, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. But don't call right now because we're going to have a guest, like I said, in a matter of minutes. That'll be Vinny Bonsignor. But I want to know from you, Raider Nation, what should the message in the locker room be for the Raiders this week as they're preparing for the Lions and Monday Night Football. Like, what do you think the message in the locker room needs to be, whether it's from the head coach, from the leadership, from whoever you think, from, from just a player in the locker room, whatever, whatever you think that message needs to be. I don't care who's delivering the message. Somebody needs to deliver this certain message to this team as they're sitting there right now, three and four, and going into the belly of the beast, which is Detroit, uh, you know, Ford Field, with a, a bunch of fans that are going to be fired up, ready to go, especially after the way that uh, the, the Lions lost that game to Baltimore last week. So what do you think the message in the locker room should be for the Raiders this week as they prepare for the Lions of Monday Night Football? They were back in action at the uh, facility today. Jimmy G was back, back there in practice, so it looks like from all indications he will be under center on Monday. So there's that. But, uh, again, before we jump into uh, the conversation with Vinny, what should the message in the locker room be for the Raiders this week as they prepare for the Lions on Monday Night Football? Again, 69187, keyword r and text line. Go ahead and hit us up on that. We'll get to those that feedback, and we'll even get some calls after we talk to Vinny. But let's go inside the huddle route right now with Vinny Bonsignor. It's unnecessary roughness. Let's go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much. I realize you're going to be going into the locker room in probably about 15 or so minutes as uh, everything got pushed back a little bit today. So I'll start off with the same question I asked Raider Nation, Vinny. What should the lock? What should the message in the locker room be for that team that just came off that loss to the Chicago Bears as they did? What do you think the message that should be delivered needs to be? Yeah, I think um, maybe for the first time this year, uh, we saw a Raider team that it just didn't feel like it was ready to play. Uh, from the get-go, and, you know, I'm not trying to make any excuses. I was there, but, you know, when you go to uh, to that time zone, it's a, it's a 12 o'clock local start, and you're already kind of behind the eight ball a little bit in terms of the time change going west to east. It is a weird starting time, and I honestly, like you felt, you know, even myself, it just felt, like, weird on Sunday morning, and I felt like the Raiders played like that. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was really evident in their tackling. You know, 13 tackles, that's the most – that's combined um, as many tackles as they missed in all three of their wins this year. They've been a good tackling team, especially when they win games, uh, and they just weren't on Sunday. It didn't feel like guys were not where they were supposed to be. It just felt like there were you – know, I wouldn't call it a lack of effort either. It just felt like a lethargic team uh, for whatever reason on Sunday, and I think that needs to be the message. Like, this is a team that has to play almost perfect football, uh, to be in games, to win games, uh, and, and, and they didn't do themselves any favor in that regard on Sunday. That was really on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it felt. I kept saying that it felt like one of those, you know, 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoffs, uh, you know, when the Raiders get off the bus. And this has been some years where they get off the bus and get off the plane and they're real sluggish and no energy. That's what it felt like as I was sitting on my couch watching the game. So for you to say that, you know, you felt that same kind of energy and you even felt that way a little bit uh, makes makes a little bit more sense. And we heard from, you know, the Bears tied in yesterday when he said that uh, the Raiders were gassed. They were tired. They looked like they were jet lagged. So I, can't, I guess that all kind of goes together. 
together. We heard earlier today from head coach Josh McDaniels that you saw Jimmy G out there practicing, that he's hopeful for Monday. What do you think he brings to this offense as he returns to the lineup? Yeah, well, um, you know, everyone can say what they what they want, you know, about Jimmy, and he hasn't played, you know, up to the level uh, yet anyway uh, that the Raiders were hoping. But he's still 3-2 and two, uh, as the starting quarterback. So their three wins came with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Um, you know, Brian Hoyer and, and Aiden O'Connell are 0 for 2 uh, combined. So, um, you know, the numbers suggest that he gives them the best option to win football games. And I felt like he was kind of turning the corner a little bit against the Patriots. I think they were up 13 to three when, when, you know, he got hurt and, and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some, some things that were left on the field, um, in that first half, but I mean, he didn't drop that ball to DeAndre Carter. He wasn't the one that was responsible for the holding call, uh, that, that denied a, you know, first and goal from the four on a, on a run by Josh Jacobs. So he was actually playing pretty decent football in that game. Uh, if that's the Jimmy G that can play on Sunday against, or excuse me, Monday against the Detroit Lions. And moving forward, it gives the Raiders, at the very least, uh, a chance to be competitive in games. Well, what do you think about the, the, the way that the ball is distributed? And it seems like it just hasn't really been distributed much this year. It's been really the Devontae, Jacoby show and, and dump-offs to Josh Jacobs, but really nobody else has gotten involved. Yeah, um, it feels everything feels a little bit forced in a way, especially on, on Sunday when it was obvious what they were trying to do, which was to get the ball – uh, to Devontae Adams, and, and it just felt forced. It has to be more organic than that. You know, it was one thing to get Devontae touches, and, and, you know, that's obviously you want to get him involved as much as possible, but it wasn't in, you know, like the high leverage moments. You know, they tried to get him into the red, you know, on that red zone uh, throw to the back of the end zone. I thought that was not a very well-thrown uh, ball. Even if he had caught it, his feet aren't coming down. Uh, didn't You know, the quarterback didn't give him enough room to really come down with it in that regard, let alone, you know, he didn't catch it. Uh, but I feel like in the red zone, you know, some of those th- a 30-yard game, uh, uh, driving it down the field and getting it to him in space, it, it just felt like even on Sunday it was just like, you know, 11-yard outs, um, you know, a, a, a throw behind the line of scrimmage, they handed the ball off to him. I want to see the ball or, or get to Devontae more organically and more in rhythm. And that goes for everybody else as well. You know, that you're not just focused on getting the ball now to Jacoby Myers. It was, you know, uh, Devontae Adams earlier in the game. Now let's go to uh, Jacoby Myers. It all has to be more organic, more in rhythm, more fluidity. And it just it feels like they're trying to build things as they go along during the course of a game, almost like you're building a, a, a Lego project or something like that. Whereas when you look at Josh McDaniels' offense over the years, it always feels like they're just, tapping into all you know all these various strengths and just attacking people in all these different ways and it feels like they've got the weapons i'm not quite sure why there aren't why they aren't able to get to those weapons in a more fluid manner during the course of the game you know one of the things that i highlighted a lot leading into the regular season is that this offense was going to be really good because well they're going to be able to open things up because well all the pieces are in place and Josh McDaniels has his guy, and plus the Raiders have all these weapons. But it feels like the playbook has even been condensed a little bit more. Like they still haven't opened up even as much as it was open last year. Do you get a sense that they're not 100% confident in just the personnel that's out there to be able to execute more of this playbook? Yeah, um, and I think that uh, it felt like that was improving um, in that last game, um, you know, against the Patriots. But, you know, you're only as uh, – and I, I've told the story a million times when we're talking to a, to an offensive coordinator, um, you know, and uh, he's talking about how creative his playbook was. You know, but you go in to install 
you know, and you meet with your with all the coaches, and and you know, you put your thoughts out there, and the offensive line coach is saying, uh, "Coach, we can't protect that. I'm sorry, but you know, our guard's not good enough right now." Or there's an injury, and you got to throw that play out there, and then the next play gets thrown out, and all of a sudden, that big, huge, beautiful playbook that you have and that you wanted to use, that play call sheet that you wanted to use for that particular game, half of it gets thrown out because you're not comfortable and confident that you're going to be able to execute it. And whether that's from the offensive line standpoint or how the quarterback's been playing, there's no doubt uh, that, that both of those have contributed to a much more mundane type of an offense or basic type of an offense. Uh, and I guess the hope has been that Jimmy was going to grow into it, you know, making the transition to, to this offense with these new players, uh, getting better physically, um, and that they were going to be able to open up the playbook more and more. But uh, I don't think they were, they were they even close to being where they want uh, to be in that regard right now. No, no, it doesn't feel like it at all. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, you can find all Vinny's work in the Las Vegas Review Journal, VegasNation.com, and you can hear him every single morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So the run game, the run game is something that just hasn't got going. We heard from Coach Lombardi earlier this week. He said they're close, right? They're a block away here from making that four-yard run into a 14-yard run, and we've heard from Coach McDaniels that they're getting a little bit closer. They're, they're, you know, they're seeing the same kind of running from Josh Jacobs, but they just haven't popped it yet. How close do you think this run game is to get going? I, I mean, I wish I shared their confidence in that regard, <laughs> uh, but I don't necessarily know that I do. Right. Um, and, and I do think that I do think that better quarterback play um, can help lift that or elevate that a little bit because it's just it, it's, it becomes kind of a numbers game where mm-hmm. if the opposing offense or defense isn't really respecting your ability to throw, uh, throw the ball down the field or even uh, your willingness to throw the ball down the field, you know, obviously they're going to commit bodies then to stopping number eight, the run game, right? Uh, and, and the running back. And so they haven't been able to shake that loose. And, uh, you know, on top of that, the, the line hasn't shown that they can handle, you know, those multiple-bodied boxes that are or extra bodies that are, that are down there on the box. So one thing has to give. Either the, either the Raiders' offensive line, um, you know, has to just show opposing defenses. I don't care how many bodies you put. Uh, in the box, we're still going to block it. We're going to still open up holes uh, for Josh Jacobs, and then he needs to do his thing. Uh, or, and I think it's more along the lines of this, the quarterback has to show a willingness and the ability to throw the ball further downfield so that at least paint, uh, or plants the seed uh, in the head of the defenders that, you know, we got to account for this, and, and we're going to get burned if we keep just selling out to the run. So one of those two things has, has got to happen, I think, for the run game to really start hitting its stride. Flipping over to the defensive side, real thing, real quick. Uh, Curtis Bolton, he was, you know, he was elevated earlier today. We heard from head coach Josh McDaniels saying that. Uh, so I guess he's got a little bit of a window to decide if they're going to put him on the roster or whatever the case may be. Uh, and then Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson was able to get his uh, first sack against the Bears. It was kind of a wonky play that last one before halftime. Uh, is are you seeing a little bit of growth from the from the rookie out of Texas Tech? Yeah, uh, by far his highest graded game uh, by Pro Football Focus, and they've been pretty harsh on the grades with him. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, if you're going to believe the harsh grades, you got to believe the high grades, and he was a, high, a pretty highly graded player uh, on Sunday, and that's progress. And I know talking to people in the organization, there really isn't much of a concern that, that, that Tyree's going to eventually be the player that they thought he was going to be. Um, you know, he, he got started late. Uh, and everyone knew uh, in the organization that that was going to be the case and it was going to be a process. Uh, but this is a five-year deal, you know, uh, with him. And, yeah. and they're hoping and, and they believe, 
you know, that, that in a month or so, he's going to really start hitting his stride. And, and Sunday was a positive sec- step in that direct direction. I get all the complaints and I get all the criticism. It's warranted. Uh, but if you're going to do the criticizing and, and focus on that, you also have to focus on the good. There was good on Sunday in, in terms of uh, Tyree. Next week on uh, on Halloween, as a matter of fact, the trade deadline comes rolling around. Of course, there's been a lot of rumblings. There's been a lot of rumors, a lot of reports, whether they're true or false. Uh, do you think that the Raiders are active at all, um, one way or the other, when it comes to the trade deadline? Yeah, um, it's it's so interesting that, you know, I, I think, you know, what happens on Monday night, you know, could could uh, dictate that. Uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, it creates a, a really short window to start making some decisions on how they want to proceed. I have talked to some NFL people, um, and, and you know they're they're giving some advice. I'm actually writing this story for for Sunday, and nice. and uh, to be honest with you, uh, their their recommendation is is for the Raiders to be sellers and just to to get on with it. And and their whole point was they need to find their quarterback, and what they need to do is start selling some pieces uh, in order to fortify their position to go get one of these great young quarterbacks that are coming out. Uh, in this draft, and it might mean some hard decisions, and people will be surprised at some of the names that were being bandied about. Uh, I mean, the people that I were talking to. But if the Raiders want to expedite that process, um, they probably should start considering doing that. And, and the reason being is, you know, they, they've they've tried to to thread multiple needles right now. They're trying to win right now while also rebuilding the roster individually unto themselves. Those are difficult challenges as yeah. standalone. Objectives, but to try to do both simultaneously is one of the hardest tasks in all of sports. And you almost have to pick a lane. Which way do you want to go? And I go back to, to really, uh, Q, I'm going off a little bit here, but, you know, John Gruden had that decision to make when he took over in 2018. And what he, they, they did blow it up, but they kept the quarterback thinking that they could rebuild around the quarterback. Now, granted, they missed on a whole bunch of draft picks. That didn't help. But you wonder if the Raiders would have been better off had he just made that decision full tear the full band-aid off including Derek Carr and where they might be had they done that rather than tried to to rebuild around Derek Carr I think that the Raiders obviously this version of the Raiders made the decision to move on from Derek Carr now it might be making a decision to kind of move on from some other players and some other pieces uh with the with the objective of trying to again fortify their position to go get their quarterback in the future which might be in this draft coming up well, with all that being said, and I don't want to, you know, spoil your, your piece, I want to definitely make sure everyone goes and reads it on the Las Vegas Review Journal, VegasNation.com. Make sure you check it out. Do you think that the Raiders and the people that matter, the front office and Dave Ziegler and company, would, would consider the conversation and, and what you're writing about? Do you think that that would be part of their consideration? Like, do you think that that's going through their mind right now? I mean, I think that it's, it's – I think they're they, – they, obviously they have to think about all possibilities. Whether or not they would they would decide to go down that road, um, it's a difficult, difficult decision. I get why they wouldn't, mm-hmm. and the people that I've talked to understand that as well. Um, but when you start talking about guys like Devontae Adams, you know, um, uh, obviously a Hunter Renfro. Like a Devontae Adams, that can still get you something, and and – and there's some teams out there. One team that was mentioned to me was the Buffalo Bills. You know, mm-hmm. imagine Devontae Adams right now with the Buffalo Bills and what kind of an impact he could have on a team that's right there. And he might be that final piece to get them over the top uh, in the AFC. And, and what would they give up, um, you know, to go get him? And, yes, you know, you don't want to give up Devontae Adams. And I'm not suggesting that he's asking for a trade right. because he isn't. And right. I know that they're not or as of yet have not made him uh, available, so it would be a, a sales job 
to get Devontae on board, I'm sure, for something like that. But those are the type of things that you have to consider when you're in the position that the Raiders are in right now. Now, the argument is, hey, we're three and four. There's still time to get this thing turned around. I think the argument from people that I talk to is, okay, even if you do turn around, what does that really get you? Maybe a wild card spot if, in the perfect world, everything goes right from this point forward. And how, what does that mean for the viability for, for your future? Like, yeah. How does that move the future ahead? So those are questions that everybody has to ask. I don't know what the answer is in terms of inside the building, but I know that I've talked to some people in the NFL who are recommending that that's where the Raiders should go. You know, and I said this the other day on this show. I said that, you know, with the trade deadline around there, I mean, you, you have, you know, Devontae, you have his name out there. You're not trying to move him. But if someone calls no. and, and wants to talk about him, you listen to the conversation, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to make a move, but you listen to the conversation just in case someone is over the top and really wows you. Then, then that's when you start considering, okay, well, maybe this is in the best interest of the team. No doubt about it, and you know if you're and if you're thinking about Devontae Adams, um, no, he's definitely not looking, you know, right. uh, to ask to be traded right now. He's not at that point, uh, not even close. Right. But um, if you, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how, how the best way to say this, but there wouldn't be uh, as as it probably wouldn't be as hard that as you might think to convince them, hey, the Buffalo Bills or a team like that, and. and there's a bunch of teams that have the salary cap space because all you're really talking about right now is the salary cap space that you need right now. And for him, I think it's like $4 million that's on the, the salary for this year. Next year is a whole different uh, situation, but you know, next year is next year. You could figure out a way to fit that contract uh, under on your salary cap. You, know, you have plenty of time to do that. Right now, we're just talking about like $4 million or so uh, to fit under the, uh, under the cap. i got to double-check those numbers. That's right around there. might even be a little bit less. Yeah, um, for the salary this year. So there's teams that have the necessary space to be able to make that happen right now. Well, the trade deadline is always uh, tricky. At one point in the NFL, it was non-existent. Like, nothing ever happened. Now it's one of those things where, well, there could be some moves. Big, minor, whatever the case may be, there could be some moves that happen at the trade deadline. It's coming up next week, Halloween to be exact. So we'll look out for that. Well, Vinny, we'll definitely look out for that piece. You're putting that out. Is that coming out in the RJ, what, later today or tomorrow? On Sunday, it'll be out okay. on Sunday. So uh, still got a, still got a little time to. Uh, oh, by the real quick, as far as Hunter Renfro, um, you know, talking to some people in the NFL, the tricky part about that is, you know, the prorated, uh, you know, amount of his contract is about four million dollars. To be honest with you, for the rest of this year, and you know, I've talked to some people, and and it's going to be difficult for a team to say, yeah, we'll give four million dollars for the rest of this year, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is at this point in the season. Not many teams have four million dollars to, to 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 you know uh, devote to a guy that right now is kind of a third wide receiver. Even on a great team, he'd be a yeah. third wide receiver. So uh, that's that's kind of a, a little bit of a holdup and a little bit of an impediment in terms of uh, dealing Hunter Renfro. So maybe maybe that's something that if the Raiders were to move him, they'd have to eat some of that salary themselves, and I'm sure that they don't want to do that either. So, all right, well, there you go. That's the latest and the greatest. Vinny, great stuff, man. Get into that locker room. If you get any sound, man, send it over. You know we'll get it all right away, man. We appreciate you. You know I will. Thank you, my man. Thank you. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ Las Vegas Review-Journal. Make sure you read his piece. 
before you start uh, before you start watching football on Sunday, he's dropping it in the RJ VegasNation.com. I'm subscribed to it. I check it out each and every day. Fantastic writers from Vinny to uh, Adam Hill, uh, obviously Ed Graney, who we have on the show all the time. So they they put in some great work in the RJ, and I definitely appreciate them. And uh, man, some nice little nuggets that Vinny dropped there uh, by talking to folks around the NFL, and that's why we have guys like Vinny on because he does talk to people along and around and throughout the NFL. 2.27 is the time. We'll come back. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll hear from you and more. Sarah Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor who joined us in the last segment. Really kicked off the opening drive. Gave us a little Raiders update. We have Lincoln Kennedy. We'll continue to talk some Raiders. We'll really focus in on the game on Monday against the Detroit Lions, what he'll be looking for, what he thinks the Raiders should be looking for to go out there as a team and how they should, uh, you know, try to execute and go into to Ford Field and get a victory, right? I mean, look, they're 3-4. and four. There's no game on their schedule where you look at it and you're like, there's no way that they could win it. This one's going to be a tough one. They have many tough ones coming up, but – I mean, it's, it's any given Sunday, any given Monday, any given Thursday in the NFL. We've seen some crazy things. We've seen teams that have no business winning games win games, and we've seen teams that have no business losing losing games. I mean, it's just kind of what it is. It's the nature of the beast when it comes to the NFL. So uh, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 3.30, all things Raiders, and what he'll be looking for in the game as he'll be on the call with Jason Horowitz. But Vinny drops nuggets, man. He drops some really good stuff from the team, from the practice, from Jimmy G to the trade deadline coming up. And I'll tell you, man, the trade deadline to me is something that I'm really, and I've been focused on it now for a couple weeks. I mean, I remember doing shows where we were talking about it's two weeks away. What do you think the Raiders are going to do? And it's crazy how in two weeks' time the narrative changed for the silver and black. There was a point where they were riding a, a two-game winning streak. It's like, well, maybe they can add this guy, and all of a sudden that can help them down the stretch. And then all of a sudden they lose that game in Chicago. It's like, well, maybe they don't really have uh, too much to gain from getting somebody. And now you're thinking, like, well, maybe they can go all the way out and, and really make a move and get some real draft capital and then start to prepare for another year. And I don't think I'm there. Matter of fact, I know I'm not there. Like, I don't want to focus in on what they could possibly do in the future or what they could possibly do next year. But like Vinny uh, rolled out there, there's people in the NFL, there's talent evaluators, there's people that he knows that have been in the NFL for a long time that are looking at the Raiders, and that's what they do. They look around the league. Like, I guarantee you Dave Ziegler has a, 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 an opinion on all the teams across the league. Champ Kelly has an opinion on all the teams across the league. That's what they do. They evaluate teams. So the people that Vinny has been talking to are kind of looking at the Raiders like, yeah, if they sell, then maybe they can start fast-tracking their chance of, you know, building this team up the right way, which obviously I don't – and I'm included in this. Nobody in Raider Nation wants to hear, right? Nobody wants to hear that because – 
Well, how many rebuilds have we? And I'll say we. I don't ever say we when I'm talking about the team because I don't. I'm not part of the team. So you'll never hear me say we as a team have to go out and execute or we have to do this. You'll never hear me say that. But I will say we as a fan base because I'm a fan first. We do not want to hear nothing that has to do with tear it on down and rebuild it again, even though there's been plenty of people. I know Passionate Raider for one. I know Hardcore Raiders chimed in. I know many others have chimed in. It's like, yeah, I feel like this is a rebuild, even though nobody's saying it's a rebuild. Nobody wants to see that white flag thrown up there by you know, shipping off one of the big-time players that could actually get something to return. Because I look at the roster right now. While Vinny's saying this, this is what I'm – I'm listening to what he says because you're supposed to listen. So I'm listening. But at the same time, like half my brain is visioning the roster. It's like, okay, well, who could actually get something in return? Hunter's not going to bring you much. Maybe a fifth if you're lucky. That's when he was drafted was a fifth round. So maybe you'll get a fifth round in return. There's not too many guys on the roster that's going to bring you a whole lot of capital in return outside of the big names that we know. And I don't even have to bring them up because I'm not going to throw that into the universe. Because, again, selfishly, me as a fan and we as a fan base don't want to hear nothing to do with that. We've been down that road way too many times. And, look, I live here in Vegas now. I ain't got no grass. So I can't wake up in the morning. I can't go mow the lawn when I get that, in, that, that, motor, that notification on my phone that so-and-so and so-and-so just got traded. I can't go mow the lawn. There ain't no lawn to mow. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I don't want to walk around with a stank face on, on, on all day either. And the wife don't want me to do that either. And like my dad used to maybe pick blossoms in the backyard after school. Oh, yeah, boy, go pick the blossoms. We ain't got none of those either. We got fake trees. So I can't even pick no, no blossoms. I can't mow no lawn. I don't know what to do. So if I'm in a bad position, I'm just going to be in a bad position. It might be a long day at the GVR. <laughs> and if that happens, who knows? All bets are off. <laughs> I might have to call an Uber that day. I'm just saying. It may be a long day at the GVR, boy. I'll be a lucky penny in it up. You know what I mean? Like, it could be a bad day to have a bad day. So, hopefully that, hopefully nothing like that happens anytime soon because I don't want to have that day, and I know Raider Nation does not either. The question I threw out there to you at the don'tbebroke.com text line, also the phone line at 702-365-9200. What should the message in the locker room be for the Raiders this week as they prepare for the Lions? You're coming off that loss to the Bears, probably an inexcusable loss, but it happened. So what is the message? I don't care if it's the message from the coach, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. Hell, if I'm Patrick Graham, I'm, I don't know if this is even effective anymore, but I'm flipping some tables over. Right, I'm trying to get some guys' attention. That w- that performance that they put out there is not acceptable. So maybe it's the message from Patrick Graham to his defense, who, in my opinion, has been the strength of the team so far. Maybe it's maybe it's that's the message. Hey, what you guys did, remember it, but then again, forget it at the same time. Remember it because it was bad, and you don't want to repeat it. But go out there and 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 be the best version of yourself. Right? Maybe, maybe Patrick Graham, who, as we had a couple people call yesterday, said, you know, he went out there and did a solid for the defense. He he took. He took the bullets for the defense uh, when he met with the media. You know, he didn't throw anybody on the bus. We asked him specifically about guys like Marcus Peters. He didn't throw anyone on the bus. He didn't mention any names. He said, I don't play that. So he did a solid. But in, that, in, in, the, in the walls of that building, <laughs> the conversation ain't got to be the same that it is with us. So maybe that's the guy that needs to deliver the message. Patrick Graham, hey, let's get back to being the strength. You know, let's make the main thing the main thing. Let's be that strength like we've been so far throughout the course of the year. So that's probably the message that I'm sending. If I'm Patrick Graham, I'm sending it to my unit like, hey, we've got to step our game up and get back to where we were when we were riding that couple-game winning streak and we were keeping the team in, in games. 
we can't have a performance like that again. It could be just as simple as that. But I want to hear from you at 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. We got some sound from Joshua Daniels coming up in a matter of minutes. But let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Prune Tucky from Monterey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Yeah, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Blessed. I'm blessed, yes. Well, great. I'm trying to build a little rapport with you. I haven't called, like I said, in 50 years, and I've, I've talked to you a few times, and so I'm trying to build some uh, credibility here. But I want to have a little fun with this a little bit. But briefly, okay. I don't have lawn. I have <laughs> a lot of dirt. I have an acre of dirt, and I kind of want to start planting some grass, damn it. So I want to start growing this thing. Right. I don't want to rebuild. I don't want to tear anything. I just want to, re, you know, I want to be able to start fresh. Yeah. And so this is what I would do. I would do, you know, before I answer your questions, moving forward, the answer is pretty clear to me. If you win on Monday night, you maybe you know, you're four and four. Maybe you do a little bit of both, buy and sell. Kind of gets to the locker room. We're not tanking, but we also want to improve the team. Let's look at maybe both. You're probably not going to be spectacular, but you don't do either one full board. Okay. If you lose, if you lose that Monday night three and five, I think it becomes pretty obvious. What I would do is you're not rebuilding, but you want to see some other players. I'd probably give O'Connell some more time, and then uh, be sellers. And as you said uh, briefly, Q, that you're not going to get first round picks, second round picks of the people that we have. But what you can do is maybe get some fringe players that are on the Raiders that can help other teams. Maybe look at sixth or seventh round picks, and maybe. You get one of your players, and I'm not going to mention, I don't want to mention that, and maybe you get some middle-round picks. With that, you can go into next year and be aggressive and get that one player that's going to help turn the franchise around, quarterback. And let's remember, Carolina was picking number eight. Yeah, They were behind the Raiders, yep. and they made a very bold move. So this thing about if you finish in 12 or 9 or 8, you can't do it because there's so many teams ahead of you, that's baloney. You be aggressive. You put a package together. That's what you want to target. When you do something like that, you're going to get it done. That's the bottom line. So I, I just believe with the schedule, if we look at the schedule, Raider Nation, and you look honestly, I'm in my heart I wish they would win these games. Look at the schedule. I only see one team that they would be favored, and that's Denver. Yeah. The rest of them are going to be really tough. So if we're looking at it, we're probably going to be in the top ten. I hope not maybe even the top five. This is not being negative. It's being yeah. realistic. So with that in mind, you know, we would do that. Now, as far as what we say in the locker room, I say, Q, you're going to go in the locker room. You're going to be the genie. And you're going to go in there, and you're going to go in there and look at all the players. And, and this is really, really not that difficult. You're going to use the psyche and say, look it, guys, play for your brothers. Commit yeah. yourself to excellence, not the saying that Raider Nation says all the time, and deliver pain. And when you do that, you're looking at the lines and says, come on, give me your best shot. We're not going anywhere. So you, you're working with your psyche. It's not fluff and duff. Just say, take a look at your brothers. Give it your best shot. Deliver some pain. Come on, Lions. We're not going anywhere. I like it. I like it. Great stuff, man. Prutucky right there from Monterey. That's my homeboy. He said he's trying to build up a rapport. Oh, you're in, man. You're good. We hang out, man. You're, you're, you're my guy, right? You're, it's all good. Definitely appreciate the feedback. I like what you're saying. I ain't got no grass. I got some dirt, but I'd like to grow some. I like that. Sound like E-40, right? I ain't got dreads, but I plan on growing some, right? Imagine all the Hebrews going dumb, right? I mean, they'll say it like it's okay. We could do that. That was in the song, by the way. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, hold on. What did he say? Hey, I was telling me when to go. I was just, uh, you know, just doing the song. But, yeah, man, I like it. You know, just trying to grow it. 
Grow that, grow that grass. I liked it. That was really good stuff. Let's go out to Sacramento, California, the 916. Greg, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, my brother. Thank you for taking my call, brother. I, uh, what I be telling these guys, I take from the great George Hollis and tell them, man, nobody who ever gave his best regret it. Give your best. Ooh. You know, go out there and give your best for your guys. You know, lay it all out on the line. Yeah. You know, if everybody just gives their best and does their job on every play, that's what they need to focus on. Play by play, just give your best. If you're giving your best, like George Hollis said, you'll never regret it. But you know, only you know, and the people next to you, they know if you're not giving your best. Yeah. We've seen some of that on the film, whether it was, you know, uh, jet lag or all the different things that we said. Come out here on Monday night. You're the only game on TV. This is where you make or break your career or yourself or your season. You know, give your best and fight for the guys next to you. And I and, and the last thing I'll say is like my boy Leonidas said in my favorite movie, give them nothing, take from them everything. Nice. That's hey, go right Greg is dropping knowledge, man. Hey, it's coming out of Sacramento, California. Matter of fact, Cali's representing my man Prune Tucky from Monterey. That's the 831. Then Sacramento, California, the 916. What, what? Representing in a major way. A couple of my old stomping grounds right there. I never lived in Sacramento, but I spent plenty of time there. So, yeah, there you go. Knowledge being dropped. And, and you're spot on, though. Like, I'm having fun with it, but you're spot on, right? You never regret giving your best. If you give your best, you can never regret anything. If you fail, but you give your best, it's all good, right? But if you go out there and you half-ass it, like, a certain tackle that we saw or attempt at a tackle that we saw multiple times on Sunday against the Bears – and maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe Marcus Peters in particular doesn't regret it at all. Maybe he don't care because he's a seasoned veteran, been in the league a long time, and it just is what it is. But I would think that if I'm on film and those guys, and I had to sit in the, in the, in the room, the defensive room with my brothers, and they saw that on film and they're breaking it down, it's, that's that moment where, and this happens in radio sometimes. Well, back in the day, we don't really do it that often now. But we used to have air check meetings. Right. And so what we do is we sit in our boss's office and we play back our last show or he pick my old boss, Tommy Del Rio, would just pick any show. He say, yeah, play me Wednesday show. And I'm like, all right. So I go to the tape, put pop it in, start playing it. All of a sudden he just stop it out of nowhere and not say a word. And immediately when he did that, I was like, damn, what did I just do wrong? Like I knew in my head something was wrong. So if I'm Patrick Graham in that defensive room and they're sitting around studying film and I see that Olay effort from Marcus Peters, all I do is stop the film. I might even turn the lights on. Stop the film and turn the lights on. Is anything have to be said? No. You know, that's, that's probably the word I'd say. Do I have to say anything or do we know what, what happened here? Do we know the situation? Marcus, do we know the situation here? Okay, we do. Let's move on. Right? That, that would be embarrassing to me, but that's just me. So, good stuff, Greg. Good stuff, Pruntucky. Definitely appreciate that. 69187, keyword R&R, 9200 We do have sound from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today. Plus, we got a few texts that we'll get to. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I was going to just let that... Get money, you know it. I just, you know, I can't help myself. Sometimes I just got to let it ride out, man, here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari on the wheels of steel back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. Do the question out there, what should be the message in the locker room for the Raiders this week as they prepare for the Lions on Monday Night Football? Glenn in San Jose hit us up. Look, a lot of representation from Cali today. 
We had the 831. We had the 916. Now we got the 408. The message should be kill all the outside noise. We play for us and no one else. Let's make a statement right now in all caps. That's from Glenn in San Jose. That kind of goes back to the theme that Prune Tucky had and the theme that Greg in Sacramento had as well. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say to kill the outside noise, but if you want to really lock in and kill the outside noise, you have to make that decision to do exactly that. It is hard because, well, it's so easy to get caught up in the outside noise. It's so easy to hear everything and see everything. When we had that call, what, on Monday? Uh, from Russell, the professional athlete that said that they hear everything, and and they do. I don't know what Russell ever played, and that's fine. That's cool. I respect him. But they do hear everything. They'll say that they don't, but they hear everything. They see everything. They read everything. It's just one of those things. I mean, it's it's really hard to get away from. Like, you literally – don't even have to go looking for something about you to find something about you if you, you know, if you're on the avenues or you're in, you know, you're in your car and you're listening to the radio. Like somehow your name will pop up regardless of the situation. And so it's hard to to, to kill the outside noise, man. But uh, if they can, that's a good way to go about things. Just because they want to put their best foot forward. Uh, got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. It's always great to hear from him. He said, "What do you do? What uh, what to do, gentlemen? On this thirsty Thursday, here's my take on today's topic." The message for the Raiders this week must be addressed by our head coach, McDaniels. Uh, Enough of this soft stuff. Play with passion. Hit hard on defense. Score many touchdowns and just win, baby. Can't be any more more crystal clear on what needs to be said. Thanks, guys, as always. I appreciate it. Then then he also responded and said, Q, we thought Ari's picks were fantastic last week. Who cares if we lost all of our hard-earned money due to Ari's bad picks? We'll follow his lead again. However, one more bad week will lead to consequences. Sincerely, Tony Soprano, Scarface, and the UPS driver who drops off parlay cards at his daily stops. That's from Sir Whiskey you know Ray. what? <laughs> <laughs> Having a little bit of fun with you. We do have our NFL picks coming up in the next hour as well. So uh, we'll see if Ari can redeem himself for a terrible week that he had last week. So there's that. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Hardcore? Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, man, so, you know, I know this coach said last year that he he feels like you shouldn't have to give uh, NFL players a locker room speech and that, you know, they're you know they professionals and they don't need any of that. Uh, I, I personally think that's complete horse manure, and I'll just leave it at that. So, for me, I, I'm going to give them a hyped-up speech before this game. I'm going I'm to go uh, with some brave heart, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something along the lines of, you know, you have come to fight as three men, and three men you are, and, you know, Nobody in the NFL thinks that you guys are worth worth, uh, worth a hoot. And everybody thinks that you guys are the laughing stock of the NFL and you're the get-right team. But I'll tell you what, man, I believe in you. I have confidence in you. We have playmakers on this team. And I haven't done a good enough job as a coach. But you know what? That doesn't matter at this point because I believe in you guys and I'm going to do better and I know you guys can do better. We're going to go out. We're going to win this game. And we got the Super Bowl in Las Vegas this year. We are not going to let the Chiefs come in and take that victory in our home. And we're going to do everything we can to fight, claw, make the playoffs. And we're not dumping this team like we did last year, man. We're going to keep this team together. We're going to bond as one unit. And we're going to go out there. We're going to fight with everything we got. And I don't care who doubts us, but I believe in you. And every one of you should believe in you. There, there you go. There you go. Hardcore's phone went out there at the end. But, yeah, good stuff. 
I like that. That was a really good one, man. And, and that's sometimes – and, again, and I, I know what you were referencing. Coach McDaniel said that they don't need to have a, you know, win one for the Gimper speech. And, and I, I get what he's saying on that. But sometimes you do need to go out there and just kind of get, get a, a fired-up, you know, locker room and, and, and maybe even get outside your comfort zone. Because I, I don't know how much of a rah-rah guy Coach McDaniels is. Obviously not around him like that, but sometimes you have to do a, go a little bit extra, right? Do a little bit more than, you know, than what you've had to do before. And, you know, I always like people that don't need to get a fire-up speech. I like people that are able to, you know, be self-starters. But sometimes you need a little extra, especially if you see them being a little bit, you know, tired, a little bit gassed. So good stuff, Hardcore. Appreciate you. Hour number two is on the way. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.